Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning and welcome to another episode of CCT Live as the Cape Cod Times uh, Facebook Live news broadcast from the Times Newsroom every Thursday at 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm news editor Patrick Cassidy and I'm joined again by reporter Madeline List who covers cops and courts for us. This is our third episode so our regulars know the drill. Um, for new viewers, we'll talk about the stories of the week as covered by Cape Cod Times reporters and photographers. And then we'll move on to the big story of the week, whatever that is. Um, and the last couple of weeks, it's been storms, so there's a, a giveaway there. And then we'll take a look ahead at what's coming up. You can take a look back at past episodes and follow along on our Facebook page, on our website, KipCotTimes.com, and on our other social media, Instagram and Twitter. So feel free to do that. We've got a lot to cover, so let's jump right into it. Madeline, one of the more interesting stories and more interesting uh, headlines to work with in a lot of ways here uh, over this past week was a story that actually broke the week before. We had reporter Christine Legere working on it, um, and everybody loved this story right when they heard about it. Penguins on in a place called Danger Islands. Um, what is what is this story about? I mean, right away, everybody's got to be interested. Uh, it's penguins. It's Danger Islands. What what can you tell us about it? Yes, this was a great story. Um, a research team discovered a super colony. They're calling it of these Adelie. Even better, a super yeah, colony a super of colony penguins <laughs> that no one knew about before. Um, they're called Adelie penguins. They're two feet tall. Really cute. Um, we have a lot of photos on the website. Um, they were 1.5 million of them were discovered on these islands. It's a small chain of islands in the Antarctic Peninsula. It's really remote, hard to get to. Um, there's a lot of sea ice around there, a lot of choppy seas. Um, so researchers, you know, hadn't been there and hadn't seen these penguins before. But actually, um, NASA satellite photos of the area sparked this team of researchers to want to go down there and figure out what's been going on. So they flew some drones and counted some nesting pairs and found out that there's actually 1.5 million of these little penguins. I love it again. You have NASA satellites, you got drones, you got penguins in a place called Danger Islands. And of course, as happens with everything, it all leads back to Cape Cod somehow and Woods Hole. Uh, in, yes. uh, oceanographic Institution is obviously located here in Woods Hole. Um, so that's a, a great story to check out. There's, again, as you said, plenty of videos. And again, the penguins, nobody knew they were there. 1.5 million penguins. I don't know how you hide that uh, these days, but as you said, it's a difficult place. To, you haven't ever been to the Antarctic, have you? No, unfortunately. Hopefully yeah. one day. I'm, I'm hoping one day. I think I almost tried to take a job there once, but thought better <laughs> of it. So uh, again, plenty to see on the website there. We're going to move pretty quickly through these first couple of stories just because we've got a lot to talk about with the, the, the big storm coverage. And again, I remember a couple of weeks ago, Madeline, you and I were here and I was saying, oh, next week we'll be talking about a storm. This is another storm. So we'll get to that in a second. But uh, one of the last storms uh, that took place here uh, did do some damage to some uh, local uh, buildings. Uh, a lot of things got damaged on the Cape, including a, a iconic uh, snack shack at Nauset Beach called Liam's at Nauset Beach. This has been there as Liam's since 1990 and as a, a place called Philbrick's long before that. And it took a hit during the March 2nd nor'easter. And again, it's hard to keep track of all these storms to a certain extent, unless, of course, you're on the CapeCodTimes.com website, in which case it's all covered very clearly. 
but this was the March 2nd Nor'easter. Uh, this Monday, selectmen uh, in their role as park commissioners, uh, they, they do that in a dual capacity, uh, voted to terminate the lease with Liam's with the owner, John Omen. This is a little inevitable. It, it, it's sitting on the edge. Erosion had undercut the building. Um, again, there's lots of people with lots of memories for this place. Have you ever been to Liam's? I never got a chance to go, so this is a uh, sad you, story. You, yeah, exactly. You missed your chance yeah. at the, the onion rings, which a lot of people said were really great. But it was the type of place that people went to at Nauset. They'd get their onion rings, they'd get their, their stuff, and they'd walk down right to the beach there, which was pretty close, but now is a lot closer. And again, the uh, Orleans selectmen uh, not only voted uh, to terminate the lease with Liam's, which will lead to its demolition, um, but also to uh, to basically put sand in front of their administration building, which is out there. And again, the bigger story there is this dune that protected all these buildings, uh, really got cut into and destroyed during this uh, uh, storm. And uh, again, as with all erosion, uh, it's it's something that towns are taking a look at and figuring out how to how to deal with and whether that's retreat. I know I think Orleans is looking at kind of moving the parking lot or, or doing something different with the parking lot. They also had to move, uh, and last week we covered this on Friday, a gazebo that sits out there where they have uh, bands play, and it's actually a historic gazebo, apparently, that's been around for a long time. So they moved that up the hill. A lot of things have to happen along the coastline when these storms hit and, and cause these problems. But again, the town's now going to move forward, it looks like, with demolishing uh, Liam's. And a lot of people are still, I was out there over the weekend and, and there were a lot of people going out and taking photos and, and getting one last chance to see the building. So we'll certainly uh, follow the demolition along and you can kind of go back to CapeCodTimes.com to see more about that. Um, one of the, what, what probably was gonna be the big story of the week locally and certainly is the big story of the week nationally and, and in the state um, and was still a big deal here, but it was a little muted because of the storm this week which caused the cancellation of schools on Wednesday. And uh, that was an issue for these walkouts that were planned. And, and I think we had talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Madeline, when we were first on. Um, what were the walkouts? What was the, the, the initial plan, at least, for local schools here? And what were they for? Yeah, students across the Cape had planned um, these walkouts as kind of a memorial for the students of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, where a deadly shooting took place exactly a month ago. Um, Seventeen students and faculty members were killed, and on the one-month anniversary, students had planned to walk out of school at around 10 a.m. and you know, stand outside with posters, you know, some of the posters were going to have the names of the victims on them. It was meant to sort of memorialize these victims and also start a debate about the issues that have been going on in the country, like talking about gun control, school safety, things of that nature. Um, but unfortunately, school was canceled on Wednesday, so a lot of students said they were disappointed that they would have to postpone these walkouts. But events still took place yesterday. Um, people stood out at various uh, locations around the Cape, holding signs along the road. Um, I think there were 25 to 30 people that showed up at four different locations across the Cape just to sort of support this movement. Um, some of the students who had originally planned these walkouts at school also came you know, to those protests or demonstrations. And um, in Provincetown, school was actually in session and students walked out there. Um, but some of the, the walkouts have been rescheduled for Friday of this week. Yeah, and, and again, this was part of this conversation about gun control. A lot of the signs that were out there were, you know, that, that we had photographers out there taking photos of, you know, calling out the NRA. Um, obviously, this is a debate that's going to go on, um, but certainly on the Cape, students were organizing. 
I know they also have a March planned, or there's a March nationally planned, I think, down in D.C. and in Boston uh, in, in the state at the state level, but also here in Hyannis on the Village Green nearby where we are now, uh, where students are going to march on March 24th um, and hold a rally and, and kind of uh, not as connected to kind of walking out of school, but going someplace and rallying for uh, these various issues and to raise awareness about these various issues. So I, I don't think that the storm canceling uh, these particular walkouts in these various schools or postponing them in any case, uh, you know, kind of in any way stymied the, the local uh, activism that's taking place around them. So we'll have to keep following that and see what these uh, yeah. students do. Um, but as, as we've been talking about with these various stories, and, and again, it's hard to ignore the repetitive nature of, of these storms that we've been getting hit with uh, this year, and it goes back January 4th. There was a lot of flooding and, that occurred during a nor'easter that occurred then. The March 2nd storm I talked about with uh, Liam's and, and Nauset Beach getting undercut. Um, and then uh, there was, again, trying to keep track, there was one uh, last week uh, uh, during the week uh, that wasn't as bad as some of these other ones. But then this week, of course, and people probably know about this, and, and we've been getting a lot of people coming to the website to find out more, um, we had a big uh, nor'easter hit. Uh, and you were reporting on some of this, and I think yesterday you were in uh, a room where the governor had actually come down to the Cape. So I guess I'll, wh what happened with the storm and, and what was the governor and other officials saying about it in the response? Yeah, Governor Charlie Baker got together with legislators from across the Cape, representatives, senators, public safety officials, to just kind of talk about what happened, maybe what can be approved, uh, improved for next time. Um, some Cape legislators said, that they really hope that um, Eversource and other utility companies can kind of improve the resiliency of the, the electric system um, and the grid on the Cape. They were concerned about the massive amounts of power outages that we've had in the past two storms. In the storm over March 2nd, um, 150,000 people lost power. And in this storm yesterday, I think 124,000 people were still without power. So legislators said they were concerned about that. Um, Representative William Crocker brought up an issue with AT&T service that we've seen um, cell, cell phone users that have AT&T as their carrier lost service during the storm. Um, they still didn't have it as of Wednesday afternoon. So they were saying that that was an issue for people. It poses a danger if you know people can't access their landlines because of the power outages and don't have cell phones. You know how could they call for help if an emergency came up? So those were some of the concerns that people had. But there was also praise for Eversource and the utility crews um, and how you know quickly they've worked to really try to get out there. They've been using helicopters and off-road vehicles to try to assess the damage. And the governor said it's just been kind of unprecedented how quickly that they've you know been able to respond to these massive storms that have just come in rapid succession and you know the, just the huge numbers of outages that we've had. Yeah, and and again, these are large numbers out of outages, and they seem to be more frequent at that level at least this year. Um, but the outages is is the big story. Certainly, the cell phone service was a big story this week, and I know uh, one of our reporters reached out to. Uh, AT&T, which was one of those services uh, that was affected, and they said, listen, storm damage, we're working on it, we're working on it. And in, in a lot of ways, that's kind of Eversource, uh, the utility for electricity here on the Cape and Vineyard, uh, has been saying, we're really working on it. And it's hard to not walk outside and bump into a row of these utility trucks, either on the road working or in parking lots. And we've gotten a lot of phone calls from people who are saying, well, I, I saw all these utility trucks in a parking lot. They're not doing anything. Um, obviously, the utility and the workers would argue, hey, listen, 
we can't go 24 hours a day. So if we have a utility truck crew, they have to sleep at one point, they have to eat at one point, and and again, but people are are so frustrated in in so many ways, and you can imagine being without power for uh, don't have to imagine it. We were without power for uh, about 24 hours, but some people are going on a couple of days on top of being without power uh, a week or so ago from the last storm, on top of being without power back in January. And that can really wear on you. And again, our, our population, we have a, 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 a large number of older folks in our, our demographic around here on Cape Cod. Um, and for some of them, it's a concern about keeping warm, about you know even food being in the grocery stores. I've heard uh, several stories about people going into grocery stores and there being no food uh, or the shelves being somewhat barren because of just getting the food there and people being worried and, and gathering that food. But 125,000 is, is a lot of people to be without power. Now, today, I think it's down to 20,000 at this point, and that's what the utility often points out is, listen, it's a lot of people. We start working on it. Big chunks are put back uh, online, uh, so you'll get a jump of 20, 40,000 people because they flipped a, not, it's not as easy as flipping a switch, but they did repairs that allowed them to flip a switch and, and get that much power back. But then you start to get down to, you know, a couple thousand here and there, um, and again, whole towns were without power, so that was pretty amazing to, to hear about. But you get down to a couple thousand, it becomes a neighborhood by neighborhood uh, fight for the utility crews. Then it becomes a house by house fight to a certain extent. And then it becomes an issue where, and a lot of homeowners don't necessarily understand this, the utility has restored power to your neighborhood, to your street, your house is still out. It's probably something that happened within your house and there's a, a place where it divides between what the utility is responsible for and what the homeowner is responsible for. And that's when you're calling an electrician and, and probably spending some money of your own to get things repaired. Uh, so again, a lot of folks without power, and I know uh, we had another story in today's paper. You had the story about Governor Baker here being talking to county officials that, that you were talking about, but there was another story in today's paper about shelters um, and what happened with the shelters, You know, how many were opened and, and what kind of response did, did we see there? Yeah, there were three shelters open, one at Cape Tech in Harwich, another at the Barnstable Intermediate School, and another at Sandwich High School. Um, so those were available for people if they needed to just get warm, you know, use power, charge their cell phones, um, have a warm place to sleep. I think Cape Tech was the one that had the most people going to it. There were about 100 people and three dogs that were sleeping there the other night. Um, they are Most of the shelters are pet friendly, so people don't have to you know, worry about leaving their animals at home. Um, and people said they were just thankful to have a place to go. They were really happy, you know, with the community support that they felt. Those shelters are run by Red Cross and AmeriCorps volunteers um, who work there. You know, they distribute food and, you know, just provide a place for people to go. So I think people, you know, they were upset that they had to be displaced from their homes temporarily, but they were happy that they had a place to go. I thought it was funny. It, it was Kristen Young was doing the reporting on this, and uh, one of the first quotes is a woman who said, it was awesome. And, yeah. and you, you don't imagine being in a shelter being awesome, but I think there is a kind of communal spirit that that occurs there. And, and you know, everybody remembers as a kid, the lights go out and it's kind of a cool time to, to have candles and everything. I think the shelter in, in Harwich actually didn't have power and they were on a generator. They had these pizzas come in from a, a, a pizza restaurant in Orleans that couldn't be cooked because the pizza restaurant didn't have power, so they had to turn on the generator, fire up the Cape Tex ovens, and, and cook the pizzas up. So again, you know, what's better here in a newsroom than pizza? We, we love that, so you can imagine people having a good time there. 
But but again, you know, serious concerns certainly. And you mentioned the pets. That's one thing I remember uh, many years ago as the regional shelter system for the Cape was being developed, um, and they started to realize, I think, pretty quickly that people wouldn't leave their homes because of their animals and, and uh, because of their pets. And so they, they had maybe one shelter or a couple of shelters that were pet friendly, um, but then they had to go through a process and say, we gotta make all these shelters pet friendly because we gotta make it as easy. And there are six regional shelters, only three, as you mentioned, open, and they kind of make that decision. Uh, you know, as the storm is, is occurring, they, they try to get together and decide what shelters to open and whether they need more services. Um, but it's still going to be a long cleanup uh, from this storm. Uh, again, even after the power uh, goes on, people are still in. There was a garage that had its roof blown off. I think there was a hotel on Martha's Vineyard that had a roof blown off. So there's still a lot of cleanup that needs to take place from this storm. And I think they're even talking about another storm coming in next week, if you can believe it or not. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Yay. Um, so uh, then, uh, again, we'll, we'll be there for that storm. And you yes. can certainly go back to CapeCodTimes.com uh, for, for all the information you need about that. Um, and just taking a look ahead, and this is almost feels a little repetitive. Uh, we're going to have a story coming up um, by uh, reporter Marianne Bragg, who's looking at... Uh, some erosion taking place on the far outer cape and the effects on parking lots and, and things of that nature. So we'll be uh, looking forward to that reporting coming up. Obviously, plenty on erosion, but we also have plenty else going on on Cape Cod. And, and believe it or not, you know, summer should be right around the corner. Um, and uh, we'll be reporting on sharks and, and the like coming up pretty soon. Uh, so we'll look forward to that. Um, but, but again, uh, I appreciate you being on again, Madeline. Uh, this is your second time on CZT Live, and, and we appreciate everybody uh, taking the time to, to be with us for, for this episode. Uh, we'll be back uh, next Thursday at 9 a.m. in the morning, um, and uh, we'll try and answer any questions you might have uh, posted to our Facebook page. Feel free to keep uh, sending those questions, and we'll get to them as soon as we can. Tell your friends, share the link, and feel free to reach out with any story tips or ideas. All our emails are at capecottimes.com. Um, we're where news on Cape Cod starts, and we're looking forward to you joining us every Thursday. Until next week, have a good morning and good luck. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.